I'm Samspiri, a Dutch psychologist and healthcare entrepreneur. In the past few years, I became inspired by Buurtzorg, a Dutch healthcare organization based on just a few basic principles. These principles translate into highly effective and sufficient care. I traveled to the south of France to speak with Thijs de Blok of Buurtzorg International. This is the principles of Buurtzorg. Welcome to the podcast. Thijs, can you tell me something about the business model of Buurtzorg? The business model of Buurtzorg, um, well, in, in, in essence, it's quite simple. And I think that business models should be able to be understood by the people that have to work with it as well. You see in a lot of organizations that the business models uh, are very complex, uh, very money-driven. Yeah. Uh, and within Bootsor, it's different. It's it's the business model that's uh, easy to pick up and to replicate, and that also creates the scalability of the organization as a whole. Um, but then if uh, also for the international implementation of things, other countries are not like Holland, yeah. and we discussed in the system that you have to move within an environment that's not as friendly to the business model as we have it in the Netherlands, and that also makes that you have to be able to be flexible around it. But if the teams understand why you are doing the things that you're doing, eh, there's to be more money coming in than there's going out. Well, that's quite, quite simple. simple. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and by their actions, you can create that. But if you twist it around and that you have a CFO at the top of the pyramid that says we have to do things differently because the end result is not what we expected to be by the calculations that no one understands beforehand, then it becomes very complex. So the business model of, of Buurtzorg is that the productivity that we spoke about before has to be up to a certain level that it creates a, at least a break-even point. Uh, by the scalability, at a certain moment, you can come to say, okay, we have a, uh, a definite revenue derived from those teams so we can take a little bit of risk and we do some projects or we try to improve the basis But if you would say we do the same principle everywhere of a certain number, in Holland it's 61% productivity that the teams have to achieve. That's not very high, right? It's not very high, but it's the right balance between doing preventive projects, taking care of your team, taking care of other things, and then have the client facing time. And it's based on the budgets that we have, on the tariffs. Oh, it's nice for the nurses. It's nice yeah. for the nurse, but it's also not very low. If you look at uh, other organizations where there's a lot of employees that have 0% client-facing time, the overall productivity of the organization yeah. drops a lot. But be- because we have a... Yeah, the, the people in Buurtzorg... And the way it is how it is with only 50 people in the back office, 21 coaches, and the rest of the 15,000 are nurses, nurses, then the productivity overall becomes quite good. 
because of yeah, of only course, that eight yeah. percent overhead. You don't have a big overhead. Yeah. So and but if you know this environment and you know that you need a certain revenue to break even, you can play around with it. And as uh, yeah, as a director of an organization or as as the directing team of an organization, you should be able to calculate and integrate a sort of planning that is understandable for everybody and that they can base their trust upon. So what are the parameters of the business model of of Beurtzer? One of the parameters is the productivity that we spoke about. The other uh, parameter is the care providence. Mm -hmm. So we can make better negotiations with the people that pay for the care in Holland is the uh, health insurance companies, but in some other countries it's the state or in some other countries it's the private people that pay for the care. But if you can show that the care providers, the the hours become less and less, you can negotiate a higher tariff because the quality is apparently higher. So that's one of the other parameters. So you're saying you can negotiate with the... insurance companies about the tariff about the tariffs yeah well it's also in their best interest if they spend less money on the care on the same care so you can do it by two different ways you mm-hmm. can by do it by reducing the tariffs and have as low skilled or educated or at least low paid uh, mm-hmm. employees as possible or you can say we try to reduce the hours by increasing the level of nurses and by inc- increasing their professional capacities. Yeah. So it's two different ways of looking at the same problem. And we've definitely chosen for the second one. Uh, and it also creates a better way of working. And the clients are very happy with this because they are feeling taken serious and they are treated in the appropriate way and not just with a uh, revenue focused approach by organizations that try to create as much as possible hours and products and just fill the time that they can possibly can with this yeah oh. and what are the you talked about uh, the parameters of the the incomes what are the parameters of the outcomes what what, what are the parameters costs? of the outgoings in in Bootsor is simply almost only just care and care-related things. Um, it's, it, the wages of the nurses, it's about 95, 96%. Yeah. And that's the largest part of the of it. And apart from that, there's a small office for several hundred euros a month. There's some furniture. There's some e-bikes <laughs> kicking about somewhere. And, and uniforms and things like that. But it, on the scale of everything, it's almost nothing. So if you see that the largest outgoing is also the thing that creates the revenue. It's very easily scalable to any sort of environment. Yeah. And you're saying everybody should understand the business model. Could you say that every nurse in Bootsorg understands it? Could tell me what the business model is? Yeah, I think uh, within the teams... The overall, they have a pretty good idea of what the business model should be and what's expected of them. Um, as we spoke 
yeah, before about the team roles, I don't think any any individual is 100% interested to find out what the great <laughs> idea works, is. Yeah. But they won't, don't want to do their job in a pleasant way. But I think from a team perspective, all the teams in general, some individuals within the teams are aware of what's expected from them. And also why that, for example, productivity number is what it is. And it's not just some random number grabbed from the air and we'll see where we end at the at the end of the year. Yeah. It's calculated year by year and consistent throughout the organization. Interesting. And are all the um, uh, well the parameters, for example, the, the productivity, can all do all teams know each other's productivity or is it Um they can. It's is there's no reason not to tell but uh in the boots of web yeah they see the average of the organization and how they are performing productivity wise but also care providers wise and also complaint wise and the other things that are in the dashboard on the boots of web compared to the average of the organization so not uh, it, it would be unhealthy in my eyes to compare to the team that's right next to you because then you create sort of a competition yeah that's really between competition each other. yeah uh, but you, it's it's important. What's important to know is how you're performing compared to the rest of the organization. And in fact, if you are contributing financially to the rest of the organization, or if you are somehow of a burden at the moment, and if you uh, can do anything to prevent this or solve this, and and try to get in line with the with the rest of the organization. But again, it's so simple. It's, it's so it's again the principle of letting people be responsible for their own productivity in comparison for to their others. own outcomes outcomes yeah yeah and i think that that's also what it needs to take ownership if you don't know how you're performing it's like driving a car without a speed dial <laughs> it's just a wild guess yeah 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 you're right and does it happen that there were is, is there a, a best team who works the hard? Is is it kind of a, a game into the beard sort of web? No, there's, there's no they help com- each other. To there's no competition. No. You are together responsible for the organization, and together you're responsible for the clients in your neighborhood. It's when the productivity of certain teams is too high. The coaches are also getting worried. When maybe it's even too more. High. Maybe even more so than when the productivity is quite low. Because it means that you are or forgetting some things and not taking care of some other things around the need for the team. Or the registration of the hours is not going appropriately. Or there's some uh, not yeah healthy work-life balance and they people too are too hard. focused yeah. on, on, on how they are performing. So I've had this, this discussion quite a lot in Asian countries. Where it's That's, normal. Yeah, but it's also the the the, the um, competitiveness is more embedded in the culture and that they really wanted to be the best performing team. And that can be quite difficult if then uh, it becomes a competition with the people within the team. If you see that your colleague is not reaching the par- the same numbers or in the parameters as you as an individual are you feel that this 
colleague of yours who's maybe taking care of lots of other things is a burden to the financial result of the team. Oh. And it, it happens a lot. And, and I've had a lot of discussions about um, individual bonuses in, 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 in context of other countries. And I'm, I'm principally against it because it makes you cherry pick in what clients are good to visit or not. Because they can give you a higher productivity. They can give you a higher productivity, but some clients just need a bit more sorting. You have to be more in contact with their informal networks and formal networks. And it takes a bit longer to start up the care. And, and we do all these things that are around the care are not always paid for, especially in certain environments in other countries that have a different payment system. Yeah. So that would mean if a bootstrap team would only go for those clients that they for only for the easy clients that yeah. the difficult clients are left without care and the perception around what we do as an organization would be completely different you make it money driven again you make it money driven again yeah and that's not the purpose no the purpose no. is to take care of everybody People. in a good way wow interesting the next episode will go about the transformation The transformations. The transformations of... Of what? other organizations. Ah, interesting. That feel inspired by the Buddha way of working. And how do you make it happen everywhere? How does it work in healthcare? And how does it work outside of healthcare? Because in the past 15 years, there's been countless of, uh, of inquiries come to Buddha about how can we achieve the same things. We want the same, yeah. <laughs> we want we want the same nurses. We want to be like you. Uh, and and often eh, there's this this comment made. Oh, but this can only work for this select group of this select uh, group of people within the Netherlands that are within nursing, and they don't exist anywhere else. And, and I don't think it's true. Oh, you gonna tell us, right? We're gonna tell you. liked listening to this podcast follow me on itunes or spotify if you have any questions or brilliant ideas feel free to mail to podcast.buurtzorg.com and we will answer you right away see you in the next episode